0: Hey Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan centric Chicago White Sox podcast hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey Sox fans, welcome back to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 229. I am Nick Morowski. This is a fan centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Find the podcast absolutely everywhere. Uh, we try to do this live on our YouTube channel on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. You can subscribe to that channel, catch up on previous episodes, or join us in real time and provide us with comments and anger and vile and all of the stuff that you're feeling after this weekend. We got a lot to get to. Uh, my man, Pat Hester, is back. Uh, known Pat for such a long time. Uh, and this t- this is tough. Uh, but it's good to go through this with with friends, with with, with people that you trust. So, welcome back, Pat. Uh, let's talk some White Sox.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could go a lot of different directions. We could go Happy Anniversary, Mark Burley, perfect game, 14 year yeah. anniversary today. Congratulations to Mark Burley. Or Nick, it's a big week. It's Shark Week. I mean, where else could we go? But let's talk Sharks. Shark Week.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: either way you want to take it, I'm I'm ready to roll, brother.
0: Sure. You know, I mean, the Mark Burley stuff is, uh, that is, it's just, I, I think he's going to get into the Hall of Fame eventually. I really do. It's going to take some time. It's going to take maybe a different uh, crop of voters, maybe, that understand what he did and uh, and his durability. And, you know, I, I think when you really put him under a microscope. Uh, but, yeah, that was that perfect game. Alexei! Uh, that the day after, uh-huh. I went with a group of friends and my brothers to Detroit to see the White Sox play Detroit. And that game happened. And, and then we all drove to Detroit and we were on cloud nine and we were, you know, at the bar. Just, you know, this is unbelievable. The highlights nonstop of the White mm-hmm. Sox and Mark Burley. And then. I'm pretty sure Justin Verlander and the Tigers just ate our lunch the entire weekend. And it was just a miserable uh, weekend. And but uh, my brother, Josh, what was at that game? Um, wow. And uh, really, really interesting. Like my brother, Josh, was at that Mark Burley perfect game. My brother, John, was at the Mark Burley no hitter. And I saw the Carlos Rodon uh, no hitter. So, three morowski brothers all saw a, a no hitter slash a perfect game
1: in different situations. We weren't all together. Isn't that odd? Well, if only the three of you could go to more games, maybe we'd have <laughs> know, that is really we'd the problem. something. That is, we really have something if we could just get this all together
0: uh, for an extended period of time. You can't go yeah. at the
1: same time. I mean, you'd have to go on separate occasions, but yeah. There's 81 games and there's mm-hmm. three of you. You can divide it up. I'm sure uh, you can figure that out.
0: Oh, I'm sure we will. You guys aren't. I'm busy. sure next season. You know, we're already getting the emails to you know give us uh give give your oh, money, you give re, white Sox. Have you
1: re-upped? Yeah. Have you re-upped and invested more?
0: Um, I have gotten the email about the 2024 plans, as I'm sure a lot of sox fans have. We know what the schedule looks like for 2024. And it's just a matter of time before my rep, who I absolutely love, he's a great rep, uh, I get an invoice, you know, like this is how it goes, you know, like by the end of September or October, maybe it's your first payment, maybe it's maybe it's November, I, I don't know, it, it, it tends to change, and there's different payment plans, uh, look, as of right now, Pat, I... I, I want to say yes. You know, I might switch the plan a little bit, uh, the season ticket plan. But I, I'm I'm really, though, uh, struggling uh, because I, in previous years, it was just here you go. You know, uh, here you go. Here's my money. Uh, yes, Sydney, great comment. Season ticket holders uh, recently got a postcard in the mail. I think almost everybody did just thanking you for being a season ticket holder and there was a little pin and it mm-hmm. gave you your your years as a, as a season ticket holder oh. my years my the, the pin was 4 years off for me i've <laughs> heard of some other fans that had years like 12 <laughs> years off i mean this was a big thing on social media everybody seemed to have a different pin the sacks of course couldn't get this thing right so i get an email a few days later saying, you know, we recognize the situation. We, we screwed up the years on people's pins. So we're going to, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to fix this. Expect a new pin in six to eight weeks. That That's <laughs> how long it's going to take for us to, for this mom and pop organization uh, to figure out where we went wrong and where everybody needs their correct pins, you know. Why
1: Don't you just tell me how many
0: years you've been a
1: Sox season ticket home? <laughs> just write them down on a piece of paper, just write down in the postcard, <laughs> send it back. Was it so? Was it, was it yeah. like the it was like 2011 2012? Is that how our number of years like you've been, you know, five years? What, what yeah, do you mean n- number, number of
0: years? years. Yeah, it didn't okay. have all your date, the, all the okay. dates, but uh, it was um. <laughs> sydney's two years equals 10 yeah yeah i had people that were like uh they're congratulating me on 15 years i've only been, i've only been a ticket holder for three years
1: or, oh they're banking or, on a 10 they're banking on yeah. another 13 right.
0: years or whatever yeah right. uh no it just gave the number and uh so and it's just a classic situation right with the white Sox this year it's like if you can't get Uh, someone's pin correct. How am I going to expect you to hire the right manager or, or do anything correct with this organization? So I honestly don't know, Pat. I am a little like, I kind of want to know the direction, you know, where are we going here? What's going on? Is there accountability? Will there be accountability? Mm -hmm. And I'm never going to give up on the socks. It's just, we've talked about this on this podcast. Like I I have no like second, uh, like B team that I'm going to go run to and, um and, you know and follow like this is my team it'll forever be my team and but how much time and money do you really invest you know yeah. that's that's the question it's like they don't deserve it right now they absolutely don't deserve uh the money and there should be fire han signs and fire williams and sell the team all that should be going on uh these next you know 60 games or whatever we've got left
1: well and, and that's the thing Nick. you're at this point right now you're not ready to invest obviously you you're a guy that has to work and, and try and sell you on the fact that you should buy now because they want they want that security they want that money uh, in their coffers and I understand that I get it I'm in sales I've been in sales for a long time I understand why they want to push that. But you, as the buyer, there's, there's, there's there what is the sense of urgency that you have to get it invested in? And now, yeah. why can't you wait? You can wait until God knows when. So, mm-hmm. uh, for me, I, I'm with you. I would wait until you see what the what the winter looks like. Well, yeah. You know, and, and if you go off the past couple of winters that we've had. I don't know that you would expect anything to happen. I mean, really, we we wait for things to happen at trade. Trades never materialize. The market was never set correctly by you or everybody else jumped the gun. Uh, Where Other teams are paying $280 million for shortstops at bat 233. All these other excuses and things that come up. Why would you invest your dollars right now? I'm not saying you won't, because I know you will. Eventually, you'll probably get some sort of of a of, of a package of. They, I, they'll I just, tease the Bob. I know you. Away, so oh then. yes, you're you're gonna be like, oh, by that Hawaiian shirt night, I might miss out on that. So I, uh, that's what they're gonna get you. Or they'll say, yeah. we'll we'll do an Elvis night. We'll do two Elvis yeah, You could be the back. Elvis. You could you, you could throw out the first pitch as Elvis. Yeah, Mr. Elvis. Yes. Yeah. So the, you're you're getting back in, but I wouldn't do anything right now. And I would tell your rep that. And they're yeah. I'm sure they hear it all the time. It's like, listen. Man, oh, they, sure. If, it's, and they don't. Yeah. There's no way that they give any feedback back to the, the front office. They've got an answer to a sales manager who's yes. not giving yeah. any kind of feedback up the ladder. But they have to say, well, why aren't, why isn't Nick Morawski investing right now? And you would simply say he, hell, he quite frankly, he wants to see what we're planning on doing uh, this winter. Are we tearing this down to the studs again? Is he going to have to endure another four to five years of a rebuild? Or the other option is throw money at the problem. And this organization doesn't do that. And no. when they have thrown money at the problem, they do it, you know, not responsibly and it doesn't seem to work for them. So I, I don't blame you. I'd wait as long as humanly possible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I, I want to wait, uh, I, right now, of course, if they told me, you know, Hey, you got to have your money and by August 1st or September 1st, I'd be like, hell no. <laughs> Sorry. No way. Uh, You got to let me you got to let me see how this is going to play out. I need to see some accountability. There has to be. There absolutely has to be. Uh, Greg said, uh, according to pin math, uh, socks are 37 games out of first. Uh, or, or on the other way, the socks are a uh, game back, they're just a game back, depending on, on in the how hunt, you want to look, uh, if, if the
1: it, hunt. according yeah. to socks math, yeah, that'd be yeah. the graphic like there is in football, where yeah. it'd be uh, in the playoffs of the playoffs side today, and the socks uh, in the hunt at 19 yeah. games under 500.
0: Nineteen games under five hundred. Our White Sox, the South Siders, uh, forty-one and sixty, folks. Forty-one and sixty. They're twelve games out of the AL Central. They were just swept uh, by the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota. As Pedro Grifol said many times this past weekend, bad baseball. I've got a really uh, interesting quote from him and some other things that you know, happened with Oscar Colas and I uh, want to get into maybe a little bit of the New York Mets series. Uh, you know, Sox are obviously sellers. They absolutely have to be. Uh, are there any untouchables, you know, getting your thoughts uh, on that and, and the trade scenarios and where, you know, Gio and Lynn and TA and, you know, and who else, you know, possibly, uh you know, could be on their way. And then we've got this Cubs series, this mini little two game Cubs series that, you know remember pat like when when you and i were in early 20s and we were just you know i i blacked out i've missed so much white Sox action from in, in my 20s just from being blacked out uh then it, it's sad to say but that's where i was in my early 20s of just uh-huh. i miss would just miss large chunks of the game because i was just mm-hmm. a madman but mm-hmm. th- th- those cubs Sox series man that is when things were really wild and they were always weekend series and they were always mm-hmm. three game series and they were absolutely intense and nuts. And now, now you've got them like it, it, hidden in the week in these two game series. So, yeah. uh,
1: you know, well, the, if you remember, I, I don't know if you and I may have not been, uh, as close of friends. Cause they, I think they started doing crosstown or, or, you know, playing interleague, I think in 97, so that would have been before you and I yeah. would have met each other. But years, I remember yeah. uh, going to Ticketmaster in the mall and waiting in line and getting a lottery. You know, you'd, you'd like, who's going to be first in line? You'd, you'd do a lottery and we'd buy Cubs Sox tickets right there. And it was like the, it was like Christmas morning. It was yeah. like, oh, we've got our the golden ticket. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't think that. I don't remember how many times I've done that, but that was like my first memory of, of Cubs-Sox because it was like it was a new thing. The Cubs and Sox are playing games that actually mean something. It's six games. And and I would go on, on both sides of town, not very often on, on the north side because um, I'm, I'm not allowed in that ballpark anymore. But that's beside the point. And, uh, and it was something, it was fun and it was something that you, you know, there's civic pride in, on the line, you know, in terms of what side of town you root for. And it was cool. I, I, it it doesn't feel like I'm not, I'm not juiced for this.
0: No, these these games are you, I'm not, I'm absolutely not Cubs are what three, four games under 500, six and a half back. Um, and I, man, they, uh. They were, they were the ticket for me. It was like mm-hmm. if somebody had a, a bunch of tickets, it was like, give me the Cubs-Sox games for sure. Those are the ones I want. Because both teams were pretty bad, and this was a, this was absolute pride and, and mm-hmm. bragging rights, and you had friends and coworkers and, and classmates and all that kind of stuff. It was like, hey, if we're both going to be bad this season, I want to make sure we beat mm-hmm. uh, the Cubs. And I still want to absolutely beat them. I've got no time for them. Uh, I'm not rooting for them in any way. Uh, I'm not just a Chicago baseball fan. Absolutely not. That's just how I am. I'm not saying that that's wrong or not. Uh, And so I absolutely want to, you know, scrub them, but it doesn't have the same kind of, I don't know, zip for me. Uh, especially when you jam it in the middle of the week like this, and it's a two-game series.
1: Yeah, Major League Baseball has really screwed this up for for Chicago. Anyway, I don't know what it's like in in other cities, out in you know in the Bay Area or in New York or in other towns, maybe in 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 Texas, you know, with the Astros and and the Rangers. Um, but they're both in the American League, so that doesn't make any difference anymore. That they're they're playing each other a bunch anyway. Who knows? I mean, it just seems like it used to be like in LA. It's like. Angels and and Dodgers, they're playing six games, and you know that's how it was. Here it was six games, three and three, and they just made a way for it to happen in the schedule. Now it's like, well, we're not going to worry about that, and it's it's unfortunate they do that. So uh, you know if they if they don't care enough to try and keep. Uh, cool things in baseball, cool for the fans. That I'm not going to invest much time or thought into this week, honestly, and and quite frankly, and I, I've got to apologize to you and all the listeners. I, you know, I've almost I've almost checked out in the season, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I really I'll check in, and 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 it's a lot of because of my son because he's a fanatic. He's like, Dad, what's the score of the game? Let's turn the game on. So I'm watching it with him, but I I don't care. I watching the the end of the game today, and they go into extra innings, and I looked at him, I said. Yeah, boy, this ain't going to happen. We're going to – but, yeah, they're the road team today in, in extras. Maybe we'll do better when we're the road team in extra innings. I said that sounds like a seven-year-old uh, thought there. So, yeah, we'll go with it. Maybe they will play better in extras on the road, but it's just not going to happen. I could – you know, I'd have bet a billion dollars mm-hmm. if they would have lost today's game. And yeah. they're inventing new ways to lose. Nick, mm-hmm. You know, Oscar Cole is falling down, uh, and to make a catch that, that uh, there should be no reason anybody's tagging up on. So anyway, I don't want to go off on a rant on that. This week, though, I don't really have a lot invested in it. And in terms of untouchables, you brought it up, you know, because this team will be sellers eventually. I don't think that this team doesn't have the luxury of having people that are untouchable. Um, but again, it depends on what direction you want to go, in my opinion. If you're talking about a full blown blow it up, tear down then nobody should be untouchable. If you want to trade cease, get as much back for him as possible. If you're not planning on winning for the next three to five years, then trade him and get everything you can. Same with Luis Robert Jr. I hate to say it. I, I love the star that he's become right. And he's the guy that we've been waiting for, but he's also the guy that's been often injured, Right. In previous to this year, and it wasn't available enough to be an all-star or a star player. So if there's something you can get for him, that's, that's going to really, that's going to change your organization for the next 10 years, then maybe you do it. But if you're looking at it and going, we're going to have to spend in the off season, we're going to have to buy pieces and we want to be competitive again next year. Then there's corner pieces, cornerstone pieces that you'd need to keep. And Luis Weiberg Jr. is one of them. And Dylan Cease is one of them. And uh, but the rest, I mean, the rest are for sale, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, the the uh, the recipe or the um, the formula, whatever you want to say uh, that we thought we were experiencing in 2016 and in 2017 of, oh, this is how you do it. You get rid of these guys and you acquire these players and and you have these high draft picks and this is what you pick and this is what you go after. and You play the international market this way. Here you go, and it was like okay, that seemed pretty easy. You figured it out, Rickon. Uh, of course, they never had the capstone moments where they actually made the big splash. They spent the premium money on premium talent. Again, how they allot money—that is key. Okay, money has been spent, but how it was allotted—that is a big issue. That's where they completely screwed up and continue to screw up. Um, and obviously, you know, the talent just didn't hit. The managerial decisions were just goofy beyond just my comprehension, and we could probably get into Grafol in just a a few moments here and and what he is talking about now and how he's handling things. Uh, But, again, at the end of the day, always, it's in anybody you talk to, Pat, wherever you go, vacation, different cities, same – and you, you meet another Sox fan and you have these conversations with people, right. And you want to talk about, well, they're sellers and this is who they could sell and this, that, and you, know. you always come back around to, ah, but you know, look, who's making the decisions again, mm-hmm. really, you know, Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, they can't be making the decisions. I don't trust them. And, You know, wait till Jerry sells, then things are going to be better. And that's where you have to settle on. And we don't have any other choice. Rick Hahn is going to be making these decisions. Kenny Williams, I'm sure, will be involved with Jerry Reinsdorf. And uh, we have to just, we just have to sit back and take it, honestly, as as Sox fans here this time around. And I don't have any faith that it's going to go any better, you know? So ask me to invest in this right now. Ask me to put my money in. To what I'm assuming is going to happen, I won't right now. I, I played that game back in 2017 at Sox Fest, and I heard Ricky, speak, Ricky Renteria speak, and I heard, you know, with the grand plans. And we all know what happened with the Chris Sale trade. And I, it, yeah, this is this is this team's going to be a beast. It's going to be a monster. There's no guarantees, you know. I, I need to get a better idea of what the plan is for this White Sox team before I uh, really invest again.
1: So, uh, okay. Now I'm going to play your, I'm going to play your sales rep. Okay. And uh, Nick, it's only going to be like a hostage situation. You have three (laughs) demands, right? And then you're going to, you're going to plump down your, your hard earned dollars. Okay. So what are your, what are your three demands that you would have if you, if you, know, if to, to reinvest in this team again for a a season ticket plan?
0: Well, uh, one, one demand is that in the off season, I want to see a nine figure contract spent and I want them to invest on you know, a premium talent. And, and I'm leaning towards pitcher. Now I don't, again, I don't know what's out there in the free agent world in terms of arms just yet. Um, you know, I haven't done a deep dive. I, I, there needs to be, you need to invest in starting pitching. You need to make serious investments in starting pitching. Is that a contract extension to Dylan Cease if he's still around? I don't know. I don't know what. I don't think anybody's going to be able to acquire Dylan Cease. I really don't at the trade deadline. I think there'll be offers, but I think the Sox hold on to him. So then, I, I don't even. And I don't even know if the Sox are going to be able to sign Dylan Cease with Boris's, uh, you know, his client. But that—that's one thing I would say is I need to see an investment somehow in starting pitching, a serious investment in premium starting pitching. Um, And then I would say, you know, you got to fill holes. You know, I need I need some proven talent at at the legitimate holes that we always have. And that one of them is second base. I mean, who is your second baseman that you're really comfortable with in 2024? I've got ideas of who it can be. You know, maybe it's Lenin Sosa. Yeah. Is that really is is that really what we're going to go with? But Pat, if they make all of these trades and they slash this team, well, then you're not, maybe you're not winning in 2024. So are, yeah. are you really then going to invest the money, um, you know, to shore up question marks? Yeah, I, I need to see a proven direction. And I And I honestly, I would say Han has to be fired. I don't think Kenny Williams will ever leave. I think he is just hitched to Jerry Reinsdorf. I think they're always going to be together. I got to see Han gone. And you got to you've got to hire a smart baseball mind from a winning organization, not the Kansas City Royals. No? Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why why not? Why not are those Kansas two, <laughs> City?
0: <laughs> are though I mean are, you know, get rid of Han, mm-hmm. hire someone very smart to be running baseball you know and invest in pitching i mean th- those are my three if you're gonna so, give me
1: so if kenny does if kenny would because uh, uh you know supposedly you know honda's report to kenny and whatever their structure that they have does that give you any kind of um i don't know does that give you any kind of confidence or or, or feel a little bit better about kenny williams like okay kenny finally realized that this is something that has to be done or is it not ultimately Kenny's call anyway, because Jerry makes the final decision.
0: I still don't know what Kenny Williams truly does. Yeah. Um, I think he's just, you know, he's a bit of a mouthpiece. He's there as a buffer maybe between, you know, uh, Han and Jerry. You gave me only three. If I had five, it, there would be a lot of other demands that I probably would make. And I'd probably clean house of Williams as well. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to see Chris Getz thrown into that position uh, in general manager. I want to see someone from the outside organize, and and I almost want to get a guarantee of, you know, you'll be you'll be listening uh, to how baseball is supposed to be done, how organizations are supposed to be run, mm-hmm. and, and you're going to further grow, you know, this organization that way accordingly. um, not, not just somebody that's going to do your bidding as I'm assuming Jerry wants, you know, and why would he go a different direction? These are, these are things that have just been boiling, you know, and, and, and yeah. now that's just kind of boiling over.
1: Um, so no, like helicopter filled with beef sandwiches or anything like that? Like any kind of crazy demands?
0: <laughs> no. Uh, what was it? Airheads? Was that the movie <laughs> where, uh, Brendan Frazier and Adam Sandler were making all of those crazy uh, demands way back when. I don't think I've got any of those crazy ones. Wow! Um, I didn't think
1: I'd hear an airheads. Uh,
0: <laughs> I know you never know what to expect here. Um, you know, Pedro Gryffole, I think and if Han goes, speaking of airheads. Yeah. <laughs> if Han goes, then I think Pedro Gryffole goes and, my man, Pedro Grafol, I just don't think he can, He knows what is going on right now. I don't know how he can, he doesn't know how to stop it. He doesn't know what to say. Anything he does say gets put under a microscope, as it should. Um, and, and this is what he said uh, after the Twins, uh, the, this sweep here on Sunday. Uh, this one really hurts, uh, Graffol said. Three nothing lead in the ninth against these guys. This one stings a little bit. If you dissect this game, we had a lot more opportunities than they did to put this game away. We've got to find a way to have that killer mentality to where we're going to put people away, put teams away. It, we're in late July. You should have been working on that a long time ago. You said you were going to be working on it uh, in the offseason and in Arizona. You said all the right things, right? Said anything that we wanted to hear to get on your side said anything that you possibly could say to get this job, this first managerial job. Uh, Yes, you want me to pitch this uh, front office? I will say this. I will say whatever you want uh, because I want this gig. And Sting's a little bit, Sting's just a little bit here. I I need him to lose it. I I just need Gruffold to just absolutely go off and lose it now. We're due for one of these you know, he has just got to explode. I I need to, I need to have that. And maybe he's playing the long game. He's like, I I want to have a future job, you know, in, in baseball. I I don't know, but you know, this killer mentality that he's talking about, what's the point now? Yeah. You're 19 games under and you're 12 games out. Like, Like you're, this team is in no way progressing. They're regressing and they have been for a while.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a weird thing, Nick, as we, again, looking at last year compared to this year and, and it's funny to say how much better last year was when you think about it. I mean, it was with all the craziness that was going on with the manager last year, the decisions that were made, the underperformance, the injuries, all that crap that we went through last year, it was, I, I hate to say it almost head and shoulders better. Than this year, at 19 games under, uh, I'm I'm pining for a 500 season again. It's crazy. Um, yeah, Pedro, maybe you just maybe he's like, well, this is who I am. I have to continue to be constant. I can't be this erratic, up and down, you know, uh, you know, bipolar type of personality, uh, one way or another. But I'm with you. It'd be nice to just say, listen, guys, listen, media people, um, these players aren't don't play hard. They don't know how to play good defense. We have tried very hard to get them to play the way that needs. They need to play to win baseball games. It's not resonating with them. So I'll take a little bit of that that uh, I'll take a lot of that uh, blame on me for not preparing them properly in spring training to get them ready for this season. So that's on me, but at some point these guys are professionals and we need them to act like professionals and go out there and win games because of their abilities. And we can't handhold them through the entire game. We can't handheld hold these guys to stay upright when making a catch. We can't, Hold their hands and make sure that they don't drop a ball when trying to throw a guy out at third. It's unbelievable how this team continues to shoot themselves in the foot. And again, I would look at it if I was a team playing this, playing the Chicago White Sox, I would look at my guys and say, listen, even if we're on our worst day, even if nine guys are out with pink eye, apparently there's nobody left on the bench. Their catcher got hit in the throat today uh, on, a, on a foul tip, he had there was nobody left to catch. Guys, if we can just hang around and we can win this game as long as we put the ball in play. Because mm-hmm. eventually yep. this team will step on themselves. And we just have to wait for that moment for them to step on themselves and they'll hand this game over to us, delivered in a nice neat package. And we don't have to work that hard. Just keep it close. We may not beat them if you know if they hit three or four or five home runs. But if we're on our worst day, they'll probably end up handing it to us. So that's what I would I would preach to it. Just put the ball in play and let them. Put the pressure on them to make routine baseball plays, and they won't most of the time.
0: It's it's amazing how often that happens, where another team just all they have to do is put the ball in play, just mm-hmm. put it in play, and, and you know hilarity ensues uh, from our White Sox. I feel like it happens every single series. Uh, there are moments where that's really all you need to do, especially when you've got runners in scoring position, you execute by just simply putting the ball in play, make the defense, make the white sacks defense, figure it out. And, you know, more times than not, they just don't know where they should be covering. They don't know where the ball is going to be thrown. Someone's trying to do too much. And, you know, um, uh, there's, there's an error, somebody falls, uh, they collide. It it, it is really, uh, we were, we were sold something so different you know? Mm-hmm. And, and again, this just goes back to, yeah, that's great. That's great. Lip service. You, you, you're going to be uh you know, fundamentally sound. You're going to be preparing to, to kick the opponent's ass. That's great. Uh, that's wonderful. Prove it. Show me do it on the field. Uh, when it comes, you know, when it comes down to it in between the lines, I want to see it. Okay. It, yeah. You know, and, and that's, again, like I got too caught up in, well, new season, new attitude, you know, new coaching staff for the most part. Um, You know, guys could be bouncing back, getting healthy. It's a winnable division. And here's a guy, a smart baseball guy with a a lifelong baseball resume, hungry uh, to show what he can do as a manager. And, you know, he just looks lost And, and, you know, it's Maybe he is a good manager down the road. I I don't know. But this is, uh, again, why you don't put a first-time manager into a position when you feel like your team really has the talent uh, to be in contention. If you really feel...
1: Go ahead. Maybe maybe that was telling from the beginning then. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Maybe this front office realized that this team just doesn't have it and there's no reason to invest in a, in a, a manager that's going to be, uh, you know, something legit because we kind of know. And maybe that's why no moves were really done in the offseason. Maybe there was, that's why there's no Sox Fest because secretly behind closed doors and parties where, you know, you don't want to talk about. Uh, I don't know how the line goes from a few good men, but <laughs> good effort, I, I screwed good it up. I totally screwed it up. <laughs> it's been a long week, dude. So. <laughs> Maybe they just talked to themselves. They got in the, you know, the three of them sat down and they had a cigar and they just said, listen, we don't, we don't have it. So Mm -hmm. we're not going to spend any money. There's no reason to put out a Sox Fest because there's nothing exciting. We're going to do this winter anyway. And we might as well go on the cheap on getting a manager uh, from the Royals. uh, And we can sell that as a first time great organization baseball man all that crap that you just spit out and and maybe we'll just get lightning in a bottle from this team and we can win this weak division but you know what i know what the american people know it that we're not going to be doing anything uh with this group and we're going to be sellers probably at the deadline and they were right
0: yeah it does it does feel like it i was questioning it way back when you know i I remember having locked on white Sox episodes where i was like really this is what you're going with. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy what you're selling me. But then I also have permission to throw this right back in your face when it doesn't work. Cause it it looked like, you know, you, you could see it, you can go back and you can retrace the steps of what they did. And, and it made sense. Uh, it really did. Uh, you know, Oscar Colas is back up with the white Sox and he's been playing uh, right field and trying to hit and, you know, he's scuffling. He's struggling as he absolutely should. We all knew he was going to. We, we were uh, all drinking the Kool-Aid, at least I was, on Oscar Colas in the offseason and, and what he brings to the table, and you're going to love this guy, and uh, we're really excited about him as a future right fielder. He had a nice uh, spring and Cactus League play. Uh, he started with the club, and then he, you know, he had problems as, mm-hmm. as rookies tend to do, okay. very few come right out and uh and shine, sent down, basically made to like prove it. Uh, he was crushing the ball and and he was brought back up. And you know, at, during that scuffling period at the beginning of the year, nobody was hitting Th- mm-hmm. this team, started seven and 21, and in his his uh scuffling, I think, was magnified. It's like, well, what's going on with our Oscar Colas? He's not supposed to be the one carrying this White Sox team. There's yeah. five or six other guys. W- what are they doing? You know, why are they underperforming still? Why are mm-hmm. they struggling? Okay. And unfortunately, I think Oscar Colas is like, well, we got to, we got to, you know, somebody has got to pay for this. Uh, so you're being sent down. So he's brought up, and and this is what Pedro Graffol said recently. He did not start in game one against the twins. Zach Remillard did. Uh, And this is Graffole. We have to dial down on the intensity level, said Graffole, who started uh, Zach Remillard in right field against righty Joe Ryan to allow Colas to sit back, gather uh, during the opening uh, game of the series. This might sound a little weird, but he plays the game at a 10 volume. We need him to make it at an 8 a 10 makes him a little reckless, especially at the plate. And then he went on to use a boombox reference, which is, uh, I think, really something that's going to catch on with the youth of the White Sox, uh, not only fan base, but also the ball club and uh, and how this whole 8-10 volume and you, know, you can even throw a spinal tap joke in there if you'd want. I, I have a lot of follow-up questions. I think what Grafol is trying to say is that Maybe he's a little, you know, out of sorts. He's a little too wild. He's not in control. Uh, A 10 is he is just everywhere and and we need him to be. But uh, Pat, my thing is let him do that. You're 19 games under. I mean, you were 17, right? When the season or the series started, what do you have to lose? Let him figure it out. Let him make some mistakes, you know, instead of, it's putting this out there in the media and then and kind of scolding him like you need to be more of an eight, not a 10. Uh well, What do you think this is? You know, we're 12 games out here. We think we might really be able to chip away at this thing and be eight games out by the time it's said and done. Let the man just play and figure it out. Somebody should put their arm around him like Robert and say, Colas, Oscar, this year is going to be tough, man. If you didn't already know it already. You are going to have some problems. You are going to scuffle. You're supposed to scuffle. Figure it out. We'll learn from this in the off season. You know, like th- that's where I'm at with this whole thing.
1: Yeah, telling a player, I I, I don't agree with telling someone that their your their level that you're coming to the ball uh, park with is too high, right? I I guess I could understand. I maybe I could understand a little bit. Like if you're too overhyped and it's and it's clouds what you do it's it's really strange and it's a strange reference although the 90s a lot of stuff from the 90s are coming back nick fashion um, there's a 90s
0: night at the ball there's a 90s night up, sure.
1: yeah maybe that's what he was trying to promote he was trying to plug 90s night <laughs> like, uh we're gonna brooks we're gonna boyers to... like if you could sneak in boom box
0: and some of your quotes that would really help us oh out man we could
1: turn that around 90s night we're going bring it up to a 10 like Oscar Colas. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. First of all, I don't know what to think about Oscar Colas. It's a shame that a lot was put on him because again, the organization, you talked about positions that remain unfilled Uh, second base and right field have remained unfilled for a long time. And instead of going out and actually getting uh, a a right fielder to play every day and maybe bring this guy along, um, you know, more at an eight pace, uh, you decided to throw him in and and this was your only option. And I don't know what I, I don't remember who he was fighting with uh, for right field at the time, Nick. Do you I mean there were there was there another option because I know well, what you're talking I, about. I know leading to Reyes
0: in camp. Um, I mean Billy Hamilton, uh, of course uh, the bullish one, Gavin Sheets, which boy, you just can't can't get away from Gavin Sheets. You gotta have a Gavin Sheets, gotta have him around. Um, I, I think those were the guys, you know, Romy Gonzalez, remember Mr. Romy Gonzalez who can play absolutely everywhere, uh, who kind of changed the season for a game or maybe two and then got hurt. Um, at, at this point it's like, play the youth. Like, why is Elvis Andres playing anymore? You know, I mean, yeah. like, like, just, I guess, get Lenin Sosa up. Like, what do we have with this guy? Can we figure out what we have with this guy? That's why just let let Oscar Colas do what he needs to do. Coach him, sure, but don't sit there and scold him, and you know, and and shame him publicly. I, I feel like there's better ways to do it. You know. Well.
1: I, there, there are no perfect managers by, by any means, but this was a, this was probably one he'd like to have back, probably an error error manager you could write down in the scorebook in the score book if you wanted to. So who knows, Nick? Who knows what the rest of the season will bring? Who knows how it'll all play out. But I agree with you. It's like at some point you just got throw up your hands and say, we're going to give guys opportunities here. I know it's usually, you know that's more towards the late August and September time frame when you do that kind of stuff but you might as well get a jump start on next season and figure out what you have with some guys call some guys up and and I'm with you why is why is Elvis Andrews still here right why is he still on this team what purpose does he serve he's definitely not a second baseman I mean I've seen him he could be dealt
0: I mean someone might want a veteran presence you know a, a, a veteran utility guy that can shore up. Is he really a
1: utility guy? He doesn't seem like he can play much other than short. I, I mean, yeah, short I don't know. and
0: second, and, and second, he really even shouldn't be playing. He shouldn't. Um, you know, so I, 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 everyone loves a good veteran off the bench that can provide some sage wisdom of when his Texas Rangers were in a hole for a couple months and <laughs> gather uh, around everyone. Yeah, I've got a story gather to tell around. you about my I mean, Rangers teams from a while back and, and how we hung in there. Uh, and I will tell you, uh, that we did have a boombox in that clubhouse, and boy, <laughs> uh, we had it always at a 10. Like, like I need guys to be playing at a 10, I need more guys to play at a 10. W- what if more guys actually showed up and had that energy and excitement and you know that ag- that ag- aggression and that that you know lust for life, that that desire to play? I, I don't know. Do you I know you look back
1: at do you look back at April and just go, that's when the season was lost. Just right there in you, you, that ten-game losing streak, and why? and the team just you packed know. it in at that point. It seems like
0: the the thing that Grifol really sold me on was you can't you know win a pennant in April and May, but you can lose a pennant in April and May. And we are going to treat every game with urgency. We're going to play with urgency. We're not going to be passive. We're not going to be doing workload management to rest to play the long game. You know we are out there to win every night uh, and make hay really at the beginning of the season. And sure, when you go 721, and that absolutely sealed it. Um, I just felt like they were not prepared. They were not prepared for the for the opposition. They were not, they didn't have game plans. Like I, I felt like some of the stuff that maybe they talked about in the offseason, uh, with you know, taking pitches and plate discipline and getting on base and you know, oh my none of that was going on it still is not happening elevating the ball you know putting they started putting screens uh, like like L screens or something uh, in the infield so guys could practice trying to you know elevate the baseball i i'm sorry may, maybe i'm dumb to this but should, isn't that something that should have been happening already like, uh, like how to elevate the baseball, like gather around everyone. Like this is how
1: we try to hit, hit, huh. hit an upper, Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. I, <laughs> I see, see what you're I see see saying. What here. you want me to do up. there. <laughs> oh, you want the ball up. Got it. Got yes. it.
0: I, I, you know, so yeah, I, I think April and may, absolutely, you know, and, but the problem was this division was so forgiving. So you were still in it. Yeah. And honestly, maybe what, three weeks ago you were, four games out, five games out. Does that sound right?
1: Yeah. Now, if you looked at,
0: you know, all of the other metrics, I mean, bottom of the league and and most of offensive categories and and what their record was. And um, you're just like, well, it doesn't matter about how many games you're back, but you know, we remember when we were having this conversation of, you just go for it at the deadline because you could win this division and you're somewhat close and just, just get in, man, just get into Mm. the tournament. And uh, even at that was a bit of a push, but now you're, I mean, it's, you know, but it,
1: it, a lot of it, Nick goes back to, you know, what we've talked about, I think a couple of weeks ago when, when, you know, when I wasn't off on vacation and it was, it was like, what does this team do well? If there's one area in which they were excelled in, at least you could bank on that every day. And you can say, we can rely on this to win us some ball games. We can rely on us being a, a fantastic fielding team. Right, and maybe we don't get on base a lot. Maybe we don't hit a lot of home runs. Maybe we don't score a lot. But I'll tell you what, we're going to defend it, and we're not going to be the best team in the league. But we should be good enough to win this division just based on how fantastic our defense is, or our starting pitching, or you know, you pick you pick a category. But there's just nothing that you can look at and go, you know, right now we don't have enough healthy starting pitching, so you can't even say that anymore. That was a a case at one point with our starting pitching, and now it's just you don't have enough healthy arms uh, to, to, you know, to say that anymore. So they've got to figure out what their identity is this off season, Nick, and say, you know what, we've got to just pick one thing that we want to be fantastic at. And that's what white Sox baseball is going to be. It's going to be this. If it's winning ugly again, then it's winning ugly again. So be it. But it's gotta be, we're going to go to the ballpark every day and we're going to show the other team that, man, they're going to have a tough time in the, in the batter's box because we just got guys that are going to just be, you know, beasts on the mound. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I look at things that are absolutely attainable and, you know, I don't think you can just say to somebody, you know, hit more home runs, please. Like I, I need a better launch angle and better results and hitting a baseball is difficult. And and the next thing I'm going to say is also a challenge because I think it's a complete change of mindset and and everything. But, You know, being disciplined at the plate, being patient, you know, I I can't tell you how many series I listen to. And Jason Benetti is like, well, you know, the New York Mets, for example, they are a patient team. You know, they take pitches, they make you work for it, they get on base. And I've heard that about so many other teams, yet it's such, to me, it seems kind of easy. You know, to be working on that as a craft in the offseason and, and like, that's the game plan at Camelback Ranch of we are going to make the other pitcher work for it. We are not going to beat ourselves in that batter's box. We might not have the most skilled team offensively, but we are going to get on base. We are going to swipe bags or we're going to put the ball in play and we are going to make things happen. But it doesn't start until we get on base. And once you get on base... The whole everything changes, you know, a pitcher's mentality changes. They now have to start thinking about you at first base or at second base. You know, it changes the whole dynamic when you're at 2-0 uh, against 1-2 and two or something like that, or even 1-1. One and one. Yeah. You know, it's like the game within the game within the game. And like, what can we do here? Like, be that. Yeah. Be a disciplined team at the plate and be a sound defensive team.
1: Catch Sounds the simple. ball. Like can I mean we-
0: stuff like that. <laughs> can, can we start there, <laughs> I mean, and, and, then, and then progress?
1: Yeah, that's uh, guys. This is how you catch a baseball. Put the sc- put the screens up to hit the ball uh, over the screens, and then let's also play catch. Can you catch a pop fly? Is that possible?
0: Like like mindfulness, you know. Like you need to complete this before you complete the next thing. You yeah. know, don't worry about trying to turn to where you. are this is what, what are you doing if the ball is hit to you? I mean, that's little league 101. Mm-hmm. and make sure you achieve that, yeah. you know, and, and then where are you going to back up? And everybody has a role. Everybody moves every, everything, uh, you know, is revolving around like how you respond, you know, to, to the assignments because everybody has an assignment. And if you don't feel like you do give yourself an assignment yeah Uh, that's just seems so basic and that we're talking about it and that's what i thought graffold was going to bring to the table which is with his uh with his managerial staff
1: well that's uh, hasn't been the case so far but again (laughs) maybe maybe it's the players maybe it's just uh you know we're we're just conceding we conceded a long time ago that this season wasn't going to go very well and and uh, you can't come out and say that to your fan base who are like you. And they were asking for, you know, deposits on uh, season tickets. And you've, you've got to kind of mask it a little bit. But they knew. I think they knew a long time ago that this team wasn't going to be competitive.
0: And, and then just to bring th- things full circle here as, as we wrap up, as a organization, as a marketing or sales, okay, let's do one thing right. Let's get people's pins correct. Let's get them the proper year. Like, let's do that. We we might screw up a bunch of other things, but we can at least do this. We've got the numbers and the data on this. Let's do this and, like, you know, make them happy with this. It's little things. <laughs> It'll like take that. six <laughs> to
1: eight weeks, though. It'll yeah, take we'll, we'll six get eight it right. weeks. Could uh, you tell them that, you know, how many years for you, Nick? How many years are you? I think this is year? eight. I think this eight. is year eight. C- you and I got, just, and I was issued a four year pin. You couldn't just, will, will they send you another four pin? <laughs> just add them together man just <laughs> add them up if they are too high on they'll send like a, a subtraction sign and then another pin <laughs> with the subtraction number and then an equal uh, sign and then and then there you go then you got a whole <laughs> box math right we fixed desk. the problem we we've absolutely <laughs> fixed it for you uh, it took us yeah, nine cool. years but we've got it taken care of for you just walk down the street knock on the damn door hey here's my four I need an eight yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean that's really honestly that's what you just need to do. I There's mean, not I call like a Dropbox,
1: rep- like like Blackbuster, and just throw it in the Dropbox, and then you someone know, said them-
0: on uh, on Twitter, I, I don't remember who it was, but it was great. We all just organize a big get together in like lot, lot B or something, and and just every it's just a pin exchange. It's yeah, like who needs who needs a four? You know, I'm looking for an eight, and just you just. Everyone switches and everyone gets everything right on their own without uh, the organization's help.
1: I think that would be great. Then you just, everybody writes back and go, we got it. We figured it out. We figured it out. Go flush your idea
0: in (laughs) your six to eight weeks. All right. Uh, Well, buddy, always a pleasure. This made me feel a little bit better, I think. Um, uh, Hopefully folks listening. uh, I don't know. It was enjoyable. Still stings uh, a little bit. Uh, but still stings.
1: Don't 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 invest too much of your your energy, Nick. I know you have to for lockdown on a, on a sure. daily basis, but uh, just let it go. It's going to be OK. Next year will be here sooner rather than later. And we can be upset at that time.
0: Excellent. Uh, Wait for next that. April to be upset again. Well, it's good to have you back, Pat. Uh, and thank you again to Joey Christopoulos, uh, who helped out last uh, Sunday with some White Sox content.
1: Yeah, Joey, I have to send him a note thanking him for for filling in. I'm sure it was a, a very smooth show by a real professional and not by a boob like me, but uh, I'm happy to be back.
0: It's good to have you back. Always a pleasure, folks. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on YouTube. Love the comments. Keep it up. Uh, subscribe and uh, join us on Sunday nights. Uh, and the audio available everywhere you find uh, your podcasts. Uh, We're on Twitter, at GoodGuysTV. We've got a Facebook fan page. Hey, for Pat Hester, I am Nick Murawski. Until next time, go socks.